There's a spiritual force that blocks your blessing just because of the lack of that one simple word of thanks. Success Forces, Part 24, God's Blessings. If you would just bow your heads for a word of prayer. Thanks. That's it. That's probably the first prayer you've ever heard where it was truly a word of prayer. (laughs) But that word has a lot in it. It really does. I was watching a minister this morning on television And they were mentioning that someone was being helped. And because the person did not say thank you, they cut off the help. You know, we just need to tell God thanks. We really do. And even though that was a harsh thing to do because they explained the person was going through some dire circumstances and just all discombobulated. So they were really having some major issues And it didn't register in their mind to say thank you. And perhaps a person shouldn't have cut them off. But I've had some situations where I was helping people. And God said, after I'd helped them for so long a period of time, he said, everyone who has not thanked you, cut them off. I had a situation even recently where he said, even though they have not thanked you, you shall not cut them off, but neither shall you increase it. Some of your increases in your blessings are either being cut off or not increased because you're simply not thankful. There's a principle that goes with that, that for all God has done for you and some people are doing some stuff, you know. And I understand how God can feel because sometimes you give your blood, sweat and tears to help for and they just, you know, you know what I mean? Not only are they not thankful, they're critical. So if you're not thankful, there's a spiritual force that blocks your blessing just because of the lack of that one simple word of thanks. I am thankful to see so many of you here today. I didn't know whether the church was going to be empty today because of my message on last week dealing with Trump. So I just, as a Lord, I'm surprised. Like, if anything, is more people here than normal. So I said, I don't know who. And sometimes that happens. You know, sometimes folk won't show up because they're mad. And other times, let me see what he's going to say today. If he that crazy last week, let me see what he's going to say crazy today. So I don't know whether some of you all are here just to see what crazy I'm going to say today. But I do have to sort of talk about a little bit of what I talked about on last week for a couple of reasons. First reason, because most people were not obedient. What do you mean obedient? I told you don't focus on what I said about Trump. Focus on what God spoke to you. Remember that you are in the ark. And my guess is the vast majority of people did not talk about remembering they're in the ark. They talked about what I said about Trump. And I know because that's what I talked about. So I'm just as guilty as you. I forgot myself about what God said last week. Remember that you are in the ark. Today is November the 1st, 2020. On November the 3rd, we will have the presidential election. And as I told you last week, some of you have already voted. First thing, make sure you vote. 
That's number one. That's perhaps been one of our weakest areas in our community is the fact that we have had an extremely low voter turnout historically. And people, our ancestors bled and died for that right. It's a shame when we got all these excuses. We get anywhere else we want to go. So even though we say, well, I don't have a way, you get anywhere else you want to go. And if it was a concert to see somebody you want to see, you stand in line all night long. People are at the Apple store overnight. They literally will camp out at the Apple store. That's the apple with the bite out of it that really symbolizes something else. But they will camp out overnight to get the new iPhone. But we won't stand in line to vote because it's inconvenient. So regardless of who you vote for, make sure that you go and vote because some groups depend on us having a lackadaisical spirit and not going and vote. And we went through water hoses, death, lynchings, all beatings, jailings, all kinds of stuff for the right to vote. And that's why when people, sometimes if you don't have any stripes on your back, you don't appreciate it. And it doesn't matter to you because you have not put sweat and blood and tears and pain into the thing. And therefore, it means nothing to you. And that's why so many of us now in this generation, we don't vote because we haven't paid the price for it. And we have forgotten how much it costs to get the right to vote. And we've got some of the lowest voter percentages of anybody. So it doesn't matter who you vote for. See, because when we vote, People will recognize that evil vote. I got to see about it. But if you're not voting, they don't care about you. So you have to make sure first and foremost that you go and vote regardless of who you vote for. Make your voice count without excuse. Because there's a ton of excuses why you say I don't need to go vote. You got a ton of excuses. But your forefathers bled too much for you to sit on your behind with an excuse. They really did. They bled and died too much for you to sit on your behind with an excuse. Go and vote and do not miss voting. Now, what I talked about last week was who God told me to vote for, who is Donald John Trump. Just in case you didn't know his full name. I will admonish you to seek God. And I've had a lot of conversation with people from last week about the message that I brought about who God told me to vote for. And last night I had to go and actually research it. I said, everyone that I've seen prior to this, everything I've heard, every prophetic voice has all pointed to Trump. I said, let me find if I can find anybody that's pointing prophetically to Biden. So I searched. I couldn't find not a one. So it's been a solid uniform. And I've had people who I know who've come to me and said, and they were upset because they said, I asked God and it's been universal. There's been no exception. It's been universal. Trump, Trump, Trump. Now I've had people say, I think. Now when it gets to, I think whole different ballgame, it's a different person. But on everyone, when they say, I asked God, it has all been one man. And that man is Donald John Trump. Now I know how, upsetting it is to some people. Trust me, I know this. But I want you to go and actually, while I was searching yesterday to see if I could find anyone in the prophetic realm who had said God told them to vote for Biden. I wanted to find that person. I just couldn't find them. Everybody, bar none, I found a whole bunch of them. Everybody said one man, and that one man was Donald John Trump. But I found one Indian who had an interesting experience. He said, actually, he was taken up to heaven. And God explained some things to him. 
and he was Indian. He's dressed in his orange robe. I want you to go and watch the YouTube video, and I put it where it's easy for you to find. Put it up on the screen. I think it's slide number two that says coachb.tv forward slash Trump 2020. This will take you to that video. It's about 30 minutes long. And I would encourage you to go and watch this. CoachB.TV forward slash Trump 2020. And what he said was interesting because it related on another level beyond just the election. What he did, he said in all of his years of preaching, and he's a Christian minister. It's on the screen. CoachB.TV forward slash Trump 2020. That will take you to that video. And it's a real interesting video, but what he said was this. He said he's never done this before in all of his years of preaching. And you can see him there. He's gray-headed, got a long white beard. So he looks like he's 65, 70 years old. And he said he's never done this before. He's never placed anything on the podium. But he took out a bag and he placed on the podium, it was a scale. And he said when he was taken up into heaven, God said the scale represented America was up for judgment and the scale represented judgment. And the thing about the scale that was particular to me, every July from July of 2024, I'm going to be gone. I'm taking the month of July and doing something else. This July, I spent the first three weeks in New Orleans. While I was in New Orleans, I was out walking, and sometimes I go walking 10, 15 miles. I was downtown walking. I walked past this antique store, and when I walked past the antique store, I heard God say, go in that store. So I went in the store, and immediately when I went in the store, there was an item that caught my eye. The item was an ancient scale. And I went over to the scale, and I instantly when I saw the price, I knew I was going to buy it. There was just no question. I want you to put up the slide number one. This is the price that I photographed. Can you see that price? If you can't read it, it says 120 120 That was the price. The reason I knew that I was going to buy the scale was because 120 was where I was going to put the scale, which is the number to our office building. It's located at 120 So when I saw that price corresponding to the number of the building, I knew exactly that I was going to buy this scale and I knew that I was going to put it in the lobby. And I told the young lady who handles those things, I said, look, I want you to find a table for this scale. I want you to get the scale cleaned up because it was real, real old. I had cleaned it up as best I could. It's made out of brass, so it looks like gold. I said, I want you to find a table that really fits this. And she came back to me about a week later. She said, Mr. Bronner, I found a serious table, but this thing is expensive. I said, how much is it? She said, a table, $4,000. I said, well, look. She said, yeah, it's got this gold. And she showed me the picture of it. I said, go ahead and buy that table. Even though it's expensive, I don't know what. When God leads me to something, he always provides. She came back a couple of days later. She said, I kept looking because that was a lot of money. I found it for under half of that price, but it's still expensive. The table is there in the office. The scale is going to be placed on it soon. And I have a little plaque that goes with it. My vision was that basically it would say, let your good always vastly outweigh your evil. So when everybody walked into the office, they would see this little bit of piece of evil on one side. And they would see all this good on the other side. And it would remind people when they walked in the office, always let your good vastly. Because nobody's got no evil. That's just not going to happen. What you need to do is have your good vastly outweigh your evil. And I wanted that scale in the office so that people could see it. 
But when I watched this Indian pastor talking, and he put this scale up on the podium, it had a different meaning. And I emailed the young lady and said, I want that scale in the office by Tuesday, by the time this election hit. Because the scale represented, and this is what he said in his message, what God spoke to him. He said the scale represented the judgment that would come on America if they chose the wrong king. So from everything I could find, all of the prophetic has all said one thing. Everybody to a person that I have heard who said they've asked God has all pointed to one man. God's choice is Donald John Trump. Now, a lot of y'all got a lot of issues. I understand that. I understand it without question. But they're your issues. And it's your fault. And I have learned the hard way. Y'all say the hard way. I have learned the hard way, the stuff I think and the stuff God thinks is often from a whole different perspective. And when this pastor said he took him up to heaven, and he, God explained that Trump needs two terms to do what he is supposed to do. And see, his first term, he said what God mainly wanted him to accomplish was to bring peace to Israel. Most of y'all don't even know about what Trump has done in Israel. All you got is all this other mess that God is not concerned about. He says his main function was to bring peace in Israel for his first term. Most folks, they don't even know Trump even been to Israel. They don't know what he's doing over there. See, that's why I'm saying sometimes God has a plan that's just not your plan. And sometimes what God is concerned about are not the things you're concerned about. We're concerned about how our hair look in the morning. And we're more concerned sometimes about how our hair looks than how our soul looks. So sometimes what God is concerned about and what you're concerned about, they're radically different. That's why I had to learn to ask God, Lord, who do you want me? Now, it doesn't mean he's going to win. But what that pastor who was taken to heaven said, this is what will happen if America chooses the wrong president. And it's not unusual for America to make wrong choices. It's not unusual for us to make wrong choices. You know, we done made some wrong choices in our life. God let you make that wrong choice, but you sure end up saying at the end, I sure wish I hadn't chosen it. I sure wish I had chosen what God told me to choose. You end up saying that in the end, and usually when we make a choice against God's direction, and I know folk do it because I see it too much. I tell folk, this is what God said. I don't want to do that. And they make their own choice, and they end up, down the road, you know, Pastor, I now see why God told you that. Now I see. So your choice may not be God's choice. And America's choice may not be God's choice. But that's not what I want you to remember. What did I tell you to remember last week? You are in the ark. So regardless of what America chooses, regardless of what you see, and that's why he said the message for last week, remember that you are in the ark no matter what happens around you, no matter what you see. Remember that you are in the ark. I don't know what choice America is going to make, but you remember you are in the ark. The message was streaming on television from last week, so... The whole city now is going to see this message that I talked about. God told me. And God was going to man, I didn't know if you were even going to add that on television. Well, if God said it, I'm just not scared of it. It's bottom line. I'm sure he said it. I'm not worried about it. But the thing about it, there may be some flack from that. That's all right. There's usually flack when God's got a word that goes against what the public wants. That's usually flack on that without exception. But as I was listening to the message, it brought back something. What was the price on those scales? If you remember the message from last week, how long did God give the people in the days of Noah to get straight? 
120 years. I said, oh my goodness, that scale that God had me to buy was $120. It's going at the address of 120. God gave the people 120 years to get right. So now the scale doesn't just represent the balance of good and evil. It represents God's grace for you to get right. And I'm going to invite you, if you want to come out to the office to see it, and it's not up yet, and I've got one other thing God spoke yesterday, I'm putting in there. So if you want to come at the first of next year, check with Suzanne. She'll give you the address, and we'll invite you out, and you can look at the scale yourself. But I believe God is bringing a judgment upon this land. But remember, you are in the ark. And see, we're focused sometimes on so much of the stuff that really it matters to us, but it's not that big a deal with God. God got to get some other stuff straight first. And there's some things that even when you start looking into all of the stuff, to be honest about it, personally, I don't want either candidate. To be perfectly honest, I don't want either candidate. I'm just being honest about it. If God hadn't spoken, I probably would have voted for Biden. But to be honest, I ain't crazy about Biden. Trump would not let black folk into his units that he built in New York. He had a federal mandate or federal suit that they filed against him for discriminating against but that's absolutely true trump did that biden was the co-author of the crime bill along with clinton that most folk don't know that crime bill put thousands of black men in jail unjustly so trump blocked some folk out of his housing unit biden put folk unwelcome for 10 years of prison term by the thousands. I'm not particular about either one of them. So with me, I had a bad choice. It's just like the last election. I didn't want either one of them. So it's like the Bible when they talk about the bramble bush. To me, they were all bramble bushes. But this is one thing I also want you to remember. There was no king who didn't have problems. If you say, who was the greatest king? That's going to be David and Solomon. Both of them had a massive issue. You look at David. Shoot, David had all kind of stuff. David had all kind of stuff. Now, most of us are familiar with Bathsheba. So it ain't just Trump that had women problems. David had women problems. So David had one. All the men who know that women can present you with some problems, say amen. Amen. Women can be some problems. Pastor done had some women problems. So trust me, women can create some problems. So David had a whole bunch of women problems. And then you remember what happened when David went and counted the people after God told him not to count the people? And God came, I'm going to give you the choice. You can either be judged because I take this choice. And still, I think it killed 75,000 folk because of David's bad choice. So all of the kings have had issues. There is no perfect flesh. And these were kings chosen by God. So just because God chooses the king, that by no means means the king is perfect. Everybody in human form has some issues. And that does not exclude presidents. Presidents got all kind of problems. And there's two kind of problems the president has. Those you know about and those you don't know about. Just like it's two kind of problems pastors have. Those you know about and those you don't know about. Every pastor got that segment of problem. Every president has. So Trump just has a few of the problems you know about. Biden has a few of the problems you know about. The stuff we know about is not as big as the stuff we don't know about. I can guarantee you that. So all of them got problems. So you're not going to get a perfect president. And if it were left up to me, I don't want either one of them. But I do want God's choice. And I did vote for 
God's choice. So I'm not telling you who to vote for. What I am asking you to do is this. If you haven't voted, go to the polls, ask God, who do I vote for? And you vote for who God tells you to vote for. And I just pray that this country still has God's grace and mercy. But what I do know is what he has told you. Remember, you are in the ark. Remember, you are in the ark. Remember, because he knows this stuff is coming. And he knows we may choose the wrong man. We at least choose the man he doesn't want. He knows that. When you study the Bible, God didn't want the people to have a king to start with. Do you remember that? He didn't want them to have a king to start with. And the folks said, look, give us a king. Give us a king. But he said, look, if I give you a king, he going to tax you. He's going to send your sons off to war. He's going to take your land. He's going to do all this stuff if I give you a king. They didn't care. Give us a king. So the king was never God's design in the first place. And the king God chose to be the king was Saul. Saul didn't want to be king. Saul went and hid. When Samuel told him, look, God has spoken that you are the chosen to lead Israel. You're supposed to be the king. And he knew the prophet was right. So not only did God not want the people to have a king, the king didn't want to be king. So this stuff is nothing new. And we've got to understand some of these things. All this stuff is a repetition over and over and over and over and over and over. So your king will never be perfect. Your president will never be perfect. They're going to have a pile of known and unknown flaws. All you can do is seek God who you are to vote for and get off your behind if you have not voted and vote without excuse for somebody. So go and vote. We just bled too much not to. Hey, man, well, that was the preface to that. Let me give them my message for today, but I had to deal with that. I'm going to be quick on this second message. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. <laughs> Amen. Well, I am on the last of the series of success forces. And today's success force is the success force of God's blessings. The success force of God's blessing. There's nothing quite like being blessed by God that will determine your success or failure. I want to ask you, what happens when you marry someone? What happens when you marry? When you marry someone, you get all of their stuff. If you marry a rich person, you get all of that stuff. Now, unless you got a real heavy-duty prenup, all of that stuff is now your stuff. But that's true on the good and the bad. And it's not just relating to money. But if you marry somebody who's got $200 million and you're working in Kmart, all of a sudden you have been elevated. Just walking down the aisle with somebody who has $200 million and you're working in Kmart, now you can buy Kmart. It changes your whole status just by who you marry. If you marry somebody who has a joyous, uplifted spirit, that thing will lift you up. If you marry somebody who's neat, all of a sudden, now your house going to be clean. If you marry somebody who's loving and who's caring and who's affectionate, all of a sudden, it's going to change your whole world. Now, see, the corollary or the opposite of that is also true. If you marry somebody whose credit is all jacked up, your credit scores combined. 
So now when Equifax runs a credit report and you got an 820 and they got a 220, you got some problems. So whoever you attach to, all of their strengths and weaknesses now become a part of you. If you marry somebody who's junky, now your house going to be junky. I don't know what. If you marry somebody who's stingy, now all of a sudden their stingy spirit gets all over you. If you marry somebody who's hateful and non-loving, all of a sudden now you got to come home or they come home to you and it's all, you're just all frowny and everything. So whoever you marry, you now get their stuff. What about if you are the bride of Christ? Now, see, you can see the example very clearly in the natural, but you got to understand the same thing in the spiritual. What if you marry Christ? Now, all of a sudden, everything Christ has, you are now joined to. And see, the father has a cattle on a thousand hills, has untold wealth and riches, just even in the material plane. But your value of marrying and being a bride of Christ is not in the material plane. It's in the spiritual plane. Now, your joy is abounding. When you wedded to Christ, you don't have depression, you don't have anger, you don't have the envy and the jealousy and all of the other stuff that goes on that clouds our spirits and takes away our joy and our fullness of living. Now when you're married to Christ, things change. And I want to use as a scripture for today, Psalms 69:19, which simply says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. Blessed be the Lord who daily loaded us with benefits. That's a deep verse. Do you know God has loaded you with benefits today? Today? He's loaded you with benefits today. But most of us don't realize what Christ has done and made available to us. There was once a rich man and every year for his wife's birthday... He would call up the jeweler and he would tell the jeweler, I want you to get the finest pearl and I want you to put it in the box and you send it over with a messenger to my house and you put the bill in there with the pearl. And every year the jeweler would get his finest pearl and put it in a box and then he would put his bill and send it to the rich man. And the next year the rich man would say, I want you to get your biggest diamond. And I want you to put it in the box and put your bill in the box and send it over with the messenger. The next year he would say, I want you to get your finest necklace and I want you to put it in the box and I want you to put the bill in there and send it over with the messenger. And every year the rich man would tell the jeweler something different and the jeweler would do it. But there was a caveat with it. Every year when the rich man got the jewelry, he would send it back to the jeweler with a note and a check. But the check would always be several thousand dollars less than what the bill was. And the rich man would write on the note, I really like this jewelry, but I don't like your price. Therefore, I am sending you a check and I'm sending you this sealed jewelry box. If you accept my check and the price I'm offering with you, then send me the sealed box back and keep the check. And every year when the jeweler would send over the pearl, the rich man would send it back with a sealed box and a check that was thousands less 
than what his bill was. But the jeweler was still making money. So he made the choice. He said, well, it's not what I wanted, but it's more than what I had. Y'all ever make that kind of choice? You know, they're not what I wanted, but I ain't got nobody now. They're not what I want, but I just don't have anybody now. No, they ain't what I want at all. They're not even what God told me I need, but it's more what I got now. So every year, the jeweler would accept the check that was thousands of dollars of less than his bill, and he would send the unopened box back to the rich man. And this went on for years and years and years until finally as the jeweler had gotten kind of old and he was comfortable. He's, I'm tired of this. Every year I send this man my finest piece of jewelry. I take my time out and it's all, I send him this expensive piece of jewelry. Every year he does the same thing. He's going to send me back the box, seal up, tell me if I want the money, take the money and then send him the seal box. I'm tired of this. So the jeweler said, I'm just not doing it this year. He said, I've gotten up in age. I'm comfortable now. I don't even need it. I'm tired of this now. So the jeweler this time, when the box came back with the man's check, he took the check, and then he took the box. He said, I ain't accepting this check this time. So the man always had to see a box. So he opened up the box to get his jewelry back. When he opened up the box, there was no jewelry in the box. What was in the box was a check for the full amount of the bill. And he had never looked in the box to see that the man was sending him the full amount all alone. See, most of us don't know what God's got for us because we never looked in the box. We just accept what the world is giving us, not understanding that God has more for us. It's the blessings of God. But you see, many of us missed God's blessings for generally one of three reasons. We either never look in the box we're disobedient, or we don't recognize the blessings that we already have. I know, I really believe I was the happiest man on campus when I was in college. Y'all remember a few years ago, the prophet who was here, and he put his hand on my stomach, and he said, I mean, you've you got more joy in you than anybody I've ever touched. And I, I believe it's true, but I've always been like that. And see, I believe I was the happiest person on campus I was a black man in a primarily 90% plus white environment, and I was a chemistry major. I was the first black to ever graduate with a degree in chemistry from that school. And my oldest son, we were talking about, he said, yeah, chemistry has the highest DWF rate of any particular area of study. I said, what's DWF? It means you make a D, you withdraw, you fail. So I was in the toughest course at the school, a black man in a primarily white environment, And I believe I literally was the happiest person on campus because I recognized my blessings and I recognized what was in the box. So number one, you've got to recognize your blessings. That's why that thanks is important. See, when you're saying thanks, you recognize your blessings. When you're grumbling, asking for more, you're not looking at what you've got. You're asking God, Lord, give me more. But when you are thankful, it changes your whole viewpoint. Now, see, I had some problems with that chemistry. So that stuff was rough. It ain't like pastor just breezed through that. No, I had some time getting through that. But I made it through, and I was happy and thankful the whole while. And my life is like that now. Not like I don't have any issues. I got plenty of stuff. But I got plenty of good stuff, and I got way more good stuff than bad stuff. And your joy and your peace, it's going to be on how you focus on your good stuff, not your bad stuff. Because you will always have, I won't say bad stuff, but there are opportunities for growth. You will always have opportunities for growth. 
So you've got to recognize your blessing. And the other thing you've got to be is obedient. <laughs> Some of us have such a time with that obedience. I'm driving a new car now. Well, it's not exactly new. It's three years old. And I wanted to get a new car because it's not that I was dissatisfied with the car that I have. I wanted a self-driving car. I take off a lot now, so I drive a lot of places. I wanted a self-driving car. The only other real self-driving car on the road is a Tesla, but the Tesla has a limited range, and I go different places. I'm all up in the mountains, in the woods, and I just may not have a charging spot. I needed some gas. So I needed a car that I could turn into a self-driving car. They make this little device, and anyway, it would work with a car that was three years older than the current model. And I was hearing God said, and I asked God about it. He said, when have I told you lately to buy a used car? There's nothing wrong with buying a used car. See, that's the logical, what I would do anyway. The most perfect value of a car is a three-year-old car. If you tie the money, you got no business buying a new car, period. It's the worst investment you can make. If you tie the money, you have no business buying a new car. My business training and the way my father trained me, it was just hard for me to buy a new car when I could get the same thing and everything I needed in a used car. So I bought a car that was three years old. But I did ask God. I said, Lord, I said, I know you said that you've not told me to buy a used car lately. I said, can I buy this used car? And God said, I'll let you choose the level you want. I'll let you choose the level you want. So I got the three-year-old car. Now, after I bought the three-year-old car, the car is beautiful. It runs fine. It's great. But I then began to notice there was a few little things about that car that the new one had that that car didn't have. And those few little things started to make a difference. And then after I was driving it for a while, at first I found it was motion. It was a little bit more, more, more motion. And the car still fine. It'll self-drive itself. It does wonderful. But there's a few little things that the new car and the new model had that they made changes in that my car doesn't have. And it wasn't even about the money. I could afford the new car without an issue. It wasn't about the money. It was about what I wanted. I wanted to save the money. And God says, I'll let you choose the level that you want. I chose the lower level. Some of you, God has given choices, and he's trying to give you the full amount of the bill, but you've taken a lesser amount because you never looked in the box. Or you're disobedient to some things. And when you're disobedient, your blessing is cut. I'm struggling with obedience even right now dealing with Coach Bronner. Normally at the end of each message, I'll say, you know, this is Coach Bronner. I'll see you tomorrow. I won't do that anymore because we're not going to use that ending on the segments of the pool from the sermon. I got to start focusing on Coach Bronner. The thing about it is this. And you all know God has been telling me this last two years. Still haven't done it. I got issues. That's why I understand David and Solomon and Trump so well. I got issues. Y'all got issues. Ain't just me. Y'all got issues. There's some stuff God has been telling you all to do, and you're just not getting to it. You know it. You know it's some stuff you're supposed to be doing. Y'all got issues, too. All of us in this flesh have issues. And this is the thing. It's like he's been telling me to do this. The thing is this. I don't know what I've missed. I don't even know. I don't know what blessings have been held up because I haven't been obedient. Now, see, the reason is I'm comfortable right now because everything's going well. Everything's just going well. So if everything's going well, that's why comfort is some of the worst place in the world for God to put his people for them to do right. When you're comfortable, you just ain't going to do right sometimes. So things are going well, but God has meant, so I don't even know what I'm missing. And for some of you, and God has told you to do certain things, you don't even know what you're missing. 
And sometimes what he has for you is so far beyond where you are. That's why one of my favorite verses, even beyond what you can ask or think, beyond what you can ask or think. And I got a big imagination. God has some stuff for me that's beyond what I can even imagine. I got a big imagination. I can imagine all kind of stuff. It's beyond what I can even ask or think. But I've got to be in obedience. And that's the challenge is obedience to God. And it's not that I can't do it because he's not going to ask any of you to do something you cannot do. Now, plenty of times it's going to be what you don't want to do. But he's not going to ask any of you to do something that you cannot do. It's the success force of God's blessing. And even though it's been a blessing, God has blessed my life tremendously. It's not at the level where it could be. Because I have not been fully obedient to God. I'm just being honest about just as honest as I can be. My body is in phenomenal condition. It really is. For a 64, I'll be 65 in two months. My body is in phenomenal condition. It really is. I can outdo most people 20, 25 years old. I'm stronger, faster, got more endurance, and more flexible than most people 20 to 25 years old. But I still am not as strong and not as fast and not as flexible as I could be if I was just in full obedience to what God told me to do. And I don't even know what blessing I'm missing out on because I'm not in full. See, we get comfortable because, well, I'm doing bed limb. That makes us comfortable. I'm doing bed limb. Lord, you ought not to be fussing in me by my. I'm doing way bed limb over there. You see, sister, sister, you see them? I'm doing way better than they are. But you may have been given much more. So you can never judge what God has for you to do based on what somebody else is doing or based on their obedience or disobedience. Don't judge your stuff based on anybody else. It's based on you. So based on me, I've not done what God told me. And I don't know what blessings have been blocked because of my disobedience. I have no idea what has been blocked. Neither do you. Many of us don't even know what's in the box. We've been taking a check that's reduced. And we don't even know what's in the box God has for us. So we have to get in obedience. And we have to understand our existing blessings. And just say thank you for what he's already granted and given us. And I tell you again, as I told you on last week, remember that you are in the ark. We thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. You can go to brothersoftheword.com and listen to or send this message to anyone absolutely free of charge. Thank you again for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the Word. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was part 24 of the series titled Success Forces, subtitled God's Blessings by Nathaniel Bronner. This sermon is number 5895, that's 5895, to listen to thousands of free sermons or to send this sermon number 5895 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to iwanttogive.com. That's iwanttogive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because brother you need the word. Oh,